you for listening. This is No Police Radio. I am Juniper, and I'm joined here with Roger. How you doing? Doing good. Heck yeah. Love to hear it. So I think this is our last show of the summer session, and then we'll be getting into the fall session when school starts up in a week or so. Uh, but today we are going to be talking about um, uh, a bunch of things. Uh, we're going to be talking about surveillance um, and how our phones are cops and surveil us. Um, we're going to be talking about, I'm going to do a little brief uh, discussion on uh, the Panopticon. We love the Panopticon. We hate <laughs> the Panopticon, but we love to hate it. <laughs> um, and sort of how social media can affect wellness. Um, and then we'll have our Bad Cop Good project uh, and maybe some upcoming events. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening. Um, let's see. Um, I guess we could just jump right into like sort of some theory stuff. Starting um, with the books. Yeah, starting with the books. <laughs> I'm gonna try not to get like too much into it because it can be like pretty um, dense. Um, but I think it's really helpful uh, for sort of situating a conversation around like surveillance and phones, which is something that's like very widespread, obviously. Um, so the Panopticon uh, is this like jail design pretty much uh, that this 18th century philosopher Jeremy Bentham designed. Um, and it's a circular jail where you have a guard tower in the middle um, and all the jail cells are around it in a circle. And I think most importantly, um, the prisoners can't tell whether or not there's guards actually in them. Um, and so it sort of creates this illusion or a sense of being watched all the time. Um, and luckily this jail wasn't actually really widespread. Um, I think one was built somewhere, um, but it's probably not even used, hopefully. Um, all prisons are bad, but this one in particularly is like pretty psychologically cruel, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, uh, it's often used as a metaphor for sort of discussing the state of the world we find ourselves in today, which is that uh, there's cameras everywhere, um, and uh, a lot of them are fake or not um, really being watched all the time. Um, and so it sort of creates this like culture of complacency. Um, and... Um, yeah, so that's sort of the baseline of like what uh, theorists such as like Foucault have talked about. Um, there's also uh, like contemporary people like uh, Deleuze have, who have sort of theorized that um, societies today have now sort of shifted towards controlling what we even can contemplate or imagine or desire. Um, and that's sort of... Uh, coined as control society. So we're, we're today we find ourselves in like a, a in-between state of like sort of surveillance and discipline um, societies where we sort of self-regulate our behaviors versus um, control societies, which sort of limits what we can even imagine is possible. Um, 
And all that <laughs> is to say that your phone is a cop, and that's the main uh, sort of discussion that we'll be having today. Um, do you remember, like, when you first heard about this, like, what that process was like for you for discovering more about, like, security culture and stuff like that? Yeah, I think there's, like, two main waves. There's, like, the first time I sort of, like, I don't know, like, just, like, when I grew up in, like, school, we had some, like, you know, be aware of the internet, but that was mm. more of, like, you know, everything on the internet isn't exactly what it is, so be careful. Right. It wasn't so much right. as it's monitoring you all the time. Mm. But when it really started hitting home is, like, when the similar stuff, but, like, especially when the news report on the Pegasus spyware came oh, out. Oh, my God. Where it's just, like, there's these uh, keyboard tracking software, and it's in, like, multiple journalist phones, and it was, yeah, and it's... Yeah, uh, I have, like, a bunch of notes. There's, like, so much to talk about in terms of, like, all the technical details of phones. Um, but, yeah, the Pegasus software, um, I don't remember all the details, but for those that aren't familiar with it, it's this program written by the Israeli government, if I recall, or in tandem with it's uh, an Israeli private security private firm security that works firm. for the that works with the U.S. very closely. Yes, and probably has a quite a bit of turnover, like revolving door stuff with the government. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, it's essentially a program that like gives a backdoor into like any phone. Pretty much by just simply sending a message like if you just receive a message like an sms yeah and like that's how yeah. it would get in but like the main way it was yeah. used and exploited it was for keyboard tracking so mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily doing something like hardware like a stingray would pick up right. a text message yes, it was specifically yeah. on one side if it was on your phone you it would be really hard to detect but it would mm -hmm. basically be tracking all the inputs you put into your keyboard. So essentially, even if you didn't hit send on the message, it would still know what you wrote. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, like, I don't know, I kind of want to ground the conversation real quick because, like, I think we can get really stuck in the weeds of, like, the specific stuff that, like, the ways that our phone is surveilling us. But I want to give people a reason why they should be sort of concerned about it and... Um, because like a common rebuttal against digital privacy and privacy in general is that, oh, I'm not doing anything wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like, I don't have to worry about that anyways. Or one that really gets on my nerves is like the stuff about like targeted ads and stuff. It's like, well, you know, like that's cool. I wanna like buy things that I like. Um, and so um, I my first question to those people is like, why aren't you interrogating like the ways that you're aligning with like oppressive systems and like what like yeah like how are i don't know how do they just go about their lives like not thinking about that stuff um and then sort of the other aspect of that is that the state can just declare anyone they want as like bad or wrong so like you might not think you're doing anything wrong but like we like power isn't all pervasive like we are often um finding ruptures to like resist it and like there's, it's always a push and pull and so like even if you don't think that you're resisting or intentionally doing anything quote unquote wrong like 
the state still is like very intent on like controlling your behavior yeah and especially on that second point like a lot of people think some things like security culture the ultimate goal of security culture is to like reduce arrests when just as you said like the state will always find someone to arrest Mm -hmm. so security culture is important but it's not necessarily reduced for arrest it just creates a system outside of that surveillance yes yeah and it can like potentially reduce what it gives the state less ammunition and leverage against people that do when they do discover the like the terrifying reality of like state violence or fascism and start trying to resist it um it gives the state less to work with um it definitely delegitimizes the arrests yeah. that happen. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I remember... Because, like, I don't know, I think when people first get radicalized, like, myself included, we're, we get very caught up in the fervor of it and probably say things online that we shouldn't <laughs> have. Uh, I know I have. Um, and that stuff can stay on the internet for quite some time. Um and uh yeah which sort of gets into like social media as like sort of an avenue of conformity and um and also like sort of placating or recuperating or diminishing like revolutionary or activist space organizing movements um yeah do you have any thoughts on that yeah well like first off just on the note of like social media this is sort of what we're going into as like your phone is a cop like everything you say there is obviously being recorded and nowadays there's even like ai sites that are like picking up photos and then tracking your face and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and so there's this level of on one level of it they're just compiling your data and like compiling who you are and even though there isn't one like department that has like a file on you there's this information of you that is being bought and sold amongst Mm -hmm. state actors and companies but on another level it's just some like what you're saying where like sometimes social media you can sort of get placated because it's Mm. i i I, i'm struggling with the words to sort of express it right now yeah well it's yeah i guess it's it's hard to describe too because it's not it's not like cyberspace is a very like mental thing like it's not always like embodied and that's sort of like by design um and so like when people first sort of get radicalized and um they sort of like default to like online spaces because that's what that's like the reality of the situation we're in like we're we're we grew up most people that are like younger-ish, um, or even people that, anyone really, are, like, inundated with, um, cyberspace, um, and, like, that's sort of what we know, and so when we start trying to, like, fight back against things, uh, we might put out, like, infographics, or we might try and, like, um, get people to, like, go to things, um, and I think it can be super helpful. Like, I think social media is a tool. Um, and I think that not a lot of people have that sort of critical analysis of it or, like, the mindfulness to have, like, sort of media literacy about, like, 
what is going into those systems to like keep them there um because they're very addictive right like they at the end of the day like if you're posting infographics even if it's good information and that's something that i i've been thinking about recently is even like because i follow like accounts that i've like genuinely learned some things from um but even when it's like good information like at the end of the day you're still on your phone yeah not like not to devalue it entirely but it's different from organizing in person and like building community that way um yeah i agree with that i think that's sort of similar in like like in some classes they'll teach you about critical thinking and like one of the main things like especially when you're reviewing like film or Mm -hmm. art is you have to recognize that there's a medium there that you're not just directly interpreting what's there it's not like when you're organizing in person you're you know you see someone you hear directly what they're saying Mm -hmm. but i think what we're sort of coming to is like when talking about social media is people fail to see that there's these massive networks that are influencing these Mm -hmm. like algorithms and that also that people have other reasons for saying certain things on the internet right and it's sort of taken as this is just a conversation or this is just a vent or like all the different capabilities that you can have within a person, like a person on person conversation is all translated to the internet space, even though it's a different medium, you can do different things with it, which is great. You can reach a bunch of people, but it is inherently a different medium and you have to understand that you're, whatever you're viewing is through that algorithm yeah and it's a medium that is like increasingly enclosed by like capitalist conglomerations and corporations in the state like when it when the internet was sort of first launched it, there was like a ton of like sort of utopic envisioning of what it could do as like a sort of liberatory technology um but yeah like unfortunately the reality is that there's like I can't remember the specific statistics, but, like, a majority of people only go to, like, a certain, like, a handful of sites. Yeah. Um, Like, Instagram, like, Meta and X, I hate calling them that. (laughs) It's Facebook. Um, Twitter, Facebook. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Like, those, um, those sites have now sort of garnered a ton of internet traffic, which is, like, as I use the word earlier in enclosure which is like what capitalism does it sort of encloses spaces and limits what you can do in them um which is sort of what i was getting at earlier with the like control society so like now when we're on instagram or these twitter feeds we're sort of limited by what the algorithm shows us um which by design they are meant to keep you there and like keep you addicted um and also i think more importantly they're owned by like fascist billionaires (laughs) yeah and also like not like we were talking about social media but this is also slightly true for things like google like people tend to Mm -hmm. think google is the internet and it's like google is not the internet it is a search engine it sends these little trackers that grabs website urls for you to find yeah but it is not inherently the internet and there are certain websites you cannot access on Google. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, it's hard to sort of express to folks the um, like intensity that they're like sort of building profiles to, but 
I remember watching a documentary on, I can't remember what it was called, but there's like companies out there whose entire, like their entire operating system is based on like gathering as much details and information on you as possible in order to create profiles um, so that they can like sell that to advertisers in order to like get you to buy things that you probably yeah. don't need. Um, which like, I don't know when you say it, when I say it like that, it doesn't sound that bad, but like, it's just so frustrating to me. Like, cause it's sort of, yeah. like, it's not your identity being bought right. and sold, but it's like a version of you. Yeah. It's like a weird doppelganger in a way. Right. It's not you, but it's yeah. sort of you being tossed around. Yeah. Yeah. And so like when, when you're like scrolling and it's, um it sort of creates this like atemporal region where you're just like you're bouncing back and forth between so many different like images um in like different perspectives and um that can be like super overwhelming to our nervous system um and so that's sort of like another aspect of um like your phone as a cop where like it's sort of meant to throw you off and like sort of dissociate you from your body so that you're easier to control. Yeah, especially and, with those yeah. advertising techniques. Yeah. That's yeah. like. Because uh, the phone, like most phones, it's not a piece of technology. You can't just. Most phones, you can't just jailbreak and use it purely as technology. You have to right. use these social medias, you have to use these search engines, and you have to use these specific sets of software that these advertisers have control over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you want to take a little music break, and yeah. then we can um, sort of get back into uh, some more security culture stuff? Sweet. See my life. 
Too many times. 
phone ringing Sometimes you don't even answer And you know I love you And you just treat me all kind of ways Come on now, honey, sucker Can't you hear me talking to you, honey? I try to treat you good, give you everything you want. But sometimes I see you making love, but you look like But I still love you more than I love my cleverness. Come on now, honey, circle. You know you'll be with love. You know. Just the other day, I, I was gonna take you to go see a movie. Sweet, sweet back. Cause I thought it might give you some inspiration. Cause we made love in the show. Oh, Come on now, sweet little trooper. Honey, baby. Now, what if you knew I was gonna put my harmonica down? Just to make me love you. Come on now, honey. You know the wolf is waiting on you. Come on now, baby. You know your baby loves you. Even lonely love is clever Don't make me uh, get mad. And we are back. You're listening to No Police Radio on KDBS 90.3 FM. Uh, we're talking about security culture. Um, and we, we kind of want to ground it more in some practices that uh, you can do uh, to keep yourself uh, at least a little more safe. Um, I know we were pretty philosophy heavy earlier. <laughs> um, so yeah, Roger, what you got for me? Yeah, so we're going to, it's still a little bit philosophical, but a little Uh, bit more grounded. (laughs) Um, We're going to be talking specifically about security culture, but more of like best practices. So Mm -hmm. a little bit more like action items, deliverables, what you can do Mm -hmm. uh, versus just getting stuck into thinking and philosophizing, if that's a word. Um, So one of an important thing to know about security culture is it's like a strategic race against enclosure. Like it's not something that you can do. And like we unfortunately don't live in a system where you can just be like, no, I will not be a part of the system. You exist in the system in some capacity. So it's about it's a race. It's Mm -hmm. there's always like, you know, you're trying to one up. They're trying to one up Mm -hmm. you. You're just trying to do your best not to get identified well or along those lines yeah um and also another important thing about security culture it's not it's more effective if a broader community has a general concept of it Mm -hmm. than like let's say five people had like a really good routine of security culture right yes um so yeah some important things is when we're talking about your phone is a cop and security culture 
is that uh, so there's specifically if you ever go to a protest mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and you have your phone on you. Um, well, one, like if you have location tracking, the data on where your phone is uh, can be tracked through several different apps, which can then be surrendered mm-hmm. to authorities if there's like a court case and they get a warrant for your phone. Right. Um, which another important thing about your phone is uh, if there's a warrant for your phone, like this isn't legal advice, uh, but <laughs> yeah. if there's a warrant for your phone, um, they can use facial ID biometrics to unlock mm-hmm. your phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if there's a password that you don't have to input the password. Right. Um, yeah. So that's an important thing. But also just... If you send a text message, there's uh, sometimes at protests, the police will have something like a stingray. And the stingray is a piece of hardware. Um, I know what size it is. I'm just trying to think of what to compare it to. I would say it's like a mini drone, right? Like almost, or is it, is it's, it bigger? It's a, usually they drive it around in like cars or vans. Mm-hmm. It's like the size of like a large modem. Like yeah. the size of the turntables over there. Like, right, yeah. Um, but yeah, and basically what that does is it pretends to be a cell phone tower. Mm -hmm. So your phone basically, because your phone sends your information, it sends messages through cell phone towers, but the Stingray pretends to be one. So it intercepts your phone contacts the Stingray, then it goes to the, another cell phone tower and the Stingray just logs the data on which phone and what that meant, what messages Mm -hmm. were sent, which, yeah. yeah. Well, I think something that you were mentioning earlier, like, I think it's all about, like, the metadata um, and sort of the larger, like, because, like, I'm not sure they can always get, like, very specific messages. Yeah. Like, from what I remember correctly, like, they can only really get, like, 3G and, like, below, like, SMS texts that aren't encrypted, but they can get metadata about most things, which yeah. is, like, the important thing that you were mentioning. Your like, metadata yeah. is the most vulnerable. Like, even, yeah. if you're, even if you're using something like Signal, they won't get the text message, but they'll get which phone number was messaging what phone number at what time. And right. that can be, that can mean a lot of information. Yeah. Um, and also, Signal. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing to download if oh, you're yeah. ever interested. It's yeah. good to encrypt your messages because if you didn't have Signal, they would just have the fo- the text message that was sent. Yeah. Um, but even stuff like Signal, and that's what I was saying earlier about it's like a race against enclosure. Mm-hmm. Is even though like the message is now encrypted, they can still get that metadata. They can still find this information. Mm-hmm. Um, and then worse yet, even if you turn off your phone. Right. There's yeah. that info, and this is what I was saying about like we exist in a system, and you can't just not exist in the system. Mm-hmm. You have to like tr- create an alternative or create two things where you're existing in the system, but also doing other things not directly in the view of the system. Because um, with this metadata, a template of what you do can be created. So, like, right. let's say yeah. Friday nights, you consistently go to this one bar, you log on to that bar's Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. and you message, or you scroll Tumblr while you're yeah, in the bar. Stuff, yeah. um, and if you don't do that, you turn off your phone one night because you're out doing stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, it disrupts the template, yeah. and it can be seen. That creates its own information. Mm-hmm. So it's it, what we're going to go into next is sort of how it's important to um, 
be involved a little bit yeah. so as to create sort of like an alternative so that way you're not directly directly giving them all your information mm-hmm. but also not giving them information inadvertently by trying to right. like turning your phone off in only certain moments yeah yeah like the idea around like cybersecurity is that you're giving them information that masks what you're doing or 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 it sort of like it just makes you blend in with the rest of the digital information um and also sort of like another thing to think about is that like i don't want like people to be like paranoid listening to this (laughs) like because like i've certainly gotten certainly gotten to those headspaces sometimes but like it's not always like there's somebody like right there like watching what you're doing on your phone it's almost always like post um like arrest or like for a court thing like if you do end up getting arrested or caught some point in your life then what they'll do is be like okay now we're gonna go all in and be like where were you this 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 time and then like what were you doing what were what was your phone doing um which is sort of how like the panopticon works and what we were talking about how social media can limit you is because then you're thinking oh they must be watching me right at this moment. Right. And then you don't do something even though they may not be watching. Yes, exactly. And, like, there's things, there's, like, very real things that you can do that can, like, mitigate harms. Like, I think a harm reduction approach is also, like, a good analysis. Um, So, like, yeah, there's just, like, a lot of it is just leave your phone at home. (laughs) Like, I think that's generally a good place to start off don't, um, don't bring your phone to protests don't bring your phone to definitely protests. don't take photos at protests definitely do not take photos at protests because uh, people do that yeah. and that very bad especially yeah. if you're taking photos of other people and that's another thing is what we were talking about earlier where you know some people are like well i have nothing to hide well first off there, it, yeah. th- that, that, <laughs> you're, you're still in danger you're not right. safe just because yeah. you're licking the boot um, right. exactly but secondly, we have a community. Like yeah. you are, there's some obligation to others, and yes. the more because like they have your metadata, they have this template of your metadata, but they also they can find your network, mm-hmm. like which phone numbers are messaging which phone yes. numbers. Yeah. So it's that's why I was saying earlier that it's important that security culture is a community thing. Mm-hmm. Because if one person suddenly, you know, draws the eye, the great eye like Sauron, just like yeah. going into one person, oh, that, that it like it, it can endanger everyone else. So it's not just about you. It's about your community. Right. It's about your friends. It's about your network. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, that reminds me of, um, I can't remember the specific like uh, firmware that's used to do this, but um these days like they can like tech companies can know which phones consistently connect to which adapters and fig- obviously like figure out who's living together because like yeah my housemates and i will often be like why am i getting advertisements for carpets or like rugs all the time it's like oh it's because this person is looking up things and like that's that also sort of touches on the like is your phone listening to you and like I don't know, the jury's out on that one. I yeah. go back and forth. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, this is insane. Like, I'll get an ad for, like, some conversation that I had with someone where I didn't look up anything. But the thing is, is that, like, they don't really have to hear you 
They just have to know the search history and the patterns of those around you. And so like, if you had a very specific conversation with somebody two hours ago about mini computers, yeah. and then they're probably really into that and so have a history of looking that stuff up. And so then the advertisement algorithms will be like, well, maybe there's a chance. Yeah. That this person also likes that since they were around each other. Um, and that's sort of how it's how they sort of get you. Um, but yeah, so like back to sort of like things you can do. So like leaving your phone at home. If you do really need to have a phone for whatever reason, it needs to be a burner. It needs to have very like secure like operating system software if possible. Yeah. Um, graphene OS is one. And then, um, but signal at the very least. Yeah. Um, and only one person in the group should have it. You should probably have a Faraday bag. But even that is like questionable to me sometimes because yeah. if you have a Faraday bag and it's in there and then all of a sudden a phone pops up online. Another good thing about burners is like of course pay for the phone plan in cash, in cash so it yes. can't be connected yes. to things and Any, then always cash. Yeah, that's days. a yeah. that's another security culture thing. If you have the opportunity, pay cash. Pay and cash, also yeah. if you're gonna pay your debit card, don't buy things online <laughs> because the more you buy online that like that yeah. is the most direct route to all these mm -hmm. advertising companies is yes. they, they like it when you buy things online yes. and yeah. that is the thing that's gonna they're paying the most attention to. Mm -hmm. But also, um, of course, don't turn it on uh, near any phones that are also on because the phones will, will do a little talk and they'll know that right. they're near each other and yes. also don't do it. Yeah. And certain Wi-Fis and like if you want more information, you can always find your more information. But right. finding more information, yeah. use DuckDuckGo at the very least. And mm -hmm. it's good to use stuff like Tor. Use a VPN. Yeah. So I, like my everyday practices are like I have a very long um, alphanumeric passcode on my phone um, because numbers are super easy to hack. Like they can get into it within like hours. Yeah. Um, whereas if you have even like three words, three random words together, like Apple door cinnamon. Is that your password? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, no. <laughs> um, like even stuff like that can help a lot. Um, I use a VPN all the time. Uh, VPNs, you want to be careful, though, because yeah. I think... Um, it can draw more attention sometimes. Well, that, and I was going to go the route of, um, like, a lot of companies are catching on to that people yeah. want privacy and so are making these VPNs that aren't secure. So, like, for those that don't know, VPN sort of creates this tunnel where it routes all internet traffic through... Um, a sort of proxy server that's owned by the company and they do their best um to well it depends on the company but hopefully the company you choose would um not be sharing data with um like it, it pretty much hides your internet traffic from your internet service provider which is like verizon at&t um and you want to make sure that your vpn is from a country outside of the five eyes which is a group of countries that has like a codified law and like system of and like hidden like um, hidden juries, grand juries to like get backdoors into um, like the codes and stuff. So like if you have a VPN company that's from America, like that's a United States company, you pretty much don't have a VPN in my opinion. Like, well, that's yeah. also like we've yeah. seen this with like 
more recently, like with the Liberty safes, the Liberty mm. safes where it was like, you oh, know, like there's right. these companies that advertise security, whether it be like a physical safe or online yeah. security. But then when the FBI or like, you know, the ATF comes to their door, they provide a back door and they open it. And it's like, are you paying for security if that security is accessible to the police at any time? Right. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest ones is like... <laughs> Don't be saying you're doing sketchy stuff online. Don't fed post. I do that. I've done that before and like trying to be better. Um, but yeah, just don't. Don't like it's <laughs> like, like don't, don't like it doesn't yeah. it doesn't make you cool. Everyone yeah, thinks exactly. everyone's yeah. just like you're being a bit silly on the yeah. internet. Uh, please don't. Cuz like it puts you it puts you at risk. It puts mm-hmm. your friends at risk. It, yeah. No, so it doesn't there. achieve much. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it's a very ego, ego thing. Yeah, which um, we see a lot with like, like social <laughs> media. Is like, yeah, people post things not necessarily because they want to, but it's like ego driven. Right. Well, that's sort of the other thing about social media is that it like creates this like subconscious drive to just like post all the time. Yeah. Um, especially like Instagram, like the algorithm, if you're not posting daily, like your, your algorithm doesn't spread as much. Or now a new one that I've heard is like, if you don't post your face, then like your post won't really get shown that Uh, much. So yeah. Um, um, and then another big one is just build community in person. Like, I think that's one of the best. Yeah. (laughs) Cause then you're like, you're building trust with people. Um, you're you're not like like I was saying earlier like social media and the internet is a medium you're just avoiding that medium altogether yeah. by meeting in person yeah um, and you're you're telling you're telling the like cyber panopticon guards the eye of Sauron <laughs> you're like I am a normal human <laughs> yeah it's like today I looked up bowling and then you're meeting yeah. with your friends and you're talking about all this cool stuff but right. they just think you're bowling <laughs> yeah exactly like they can know like. I want them to think that I am just, like, cooking and posting pictures of my meals or whatever. Yeah. That's great. I love that. Um, Yeah. Do you want to talk about the... This records only contain... Yeah. So, like, another thing is, like, we're talking about this. You may be getting paranoid. We were like, oh, don't get too paranoid about it. But also, like, don't get, like, a stuck mindset. Like, sure, you may have... Fed posted in the past, said things you're not proud of, and they'll be stuck on the internet forever. Yeah. But these documents, this data is only what you were. It's not what you can be, what you Mm -hmm. can become, what you can do. Yes. Because this, we don't live in the minority report yet. Like, I don't think that can ever happen. They can't predict what you will do. They can't predict what you are Mm -hmm. currently doing. They only have the information on what you have said on the internet in the past. Right. Yeah, exactly. So there's always a there's always another foot there's always a fresh foot to start on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I totally had a thought that I was about to say and it just went bye bye. That's um, fair. But I, I wrote down my notes. Um, oh, I found it again. Okay. Um, embodied joy. Thank God for notes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Technology is great. Yeah, technology <laughs> saving us in the episode where we're talking about how bad technology is. That's that's actually kind of what I was going to talk about is like we don't want to like we don't want to punch down and like shame people that are like sort of in that space of online activism um, because at the end of the day like we were talking about a while ago like social media is a tool and it can be helpful um, but just like with the critical 
mindfulness of like this can be taken over anytime recognize that it is a tool yeah it is a very specific tool yeah and that it should be grounded in like the very real interpersonal embodied like connections that you have with others um and also like i think like when we talk about security culture too um it sort of implies that we think that everyone should be like doing redacted things all the time which like no complaints if that happens (laughs) also there's like a there's methods of resistance um that i think people don't really view as resistance um that like everyone does like all the time like if you took an extra long break at work like Mm -hmm. that is resistance if you like organize the craft hour with your homies and like we're intentional about not being on the phone during that time too much then like that is like joy as resistance or if you like organize a show and like we were talking about earlier how like certain diy like punk show scenes or whatever like (laughs) it's not super it's not as common to have like phones out as like maybe a beyonce concert or whatever um because the pit pit will just (laughs) smash your phone comes out and an elbow goes flying yeah exactly um and so yeah um that's sort of where where we're at with that is um just be careful online um and focus on like embodied joy like what feels good to your body and that's sort of like the other big thing that i kind of wanted to talk about that um maybe we can do after a little music break yeah um yeah let's have a little music shall we
matter how hard you try, you can't stop me now. Say it loud. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop me now. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud.
We are back. You're listening to No Police Radio here on KDVS Davis 90.3 FM. Uh, we're going to wrap up our conversation about security culture. Um, uh, sort of just tying it off with a nice little bow. Um, yeah, so kill the cop in your head. Um, <laughs> pretty much uh, be more mindful of using social media. Use um, it with intention. Use it with intention, yeah. Um, build community outside of online spaces, um, sort of do, try and mitigate uh, the information that you're leaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also sort of like coming back to like why this is all important, um, which is uh, that the information that is leaking can be used against you um, by, by a multitude, by of, multitude of people. Um, so... Like, it doesn't have to always be, like, the state or, like, the police. Like, sometimes it can just be, like, a local Proud Boy fascist that, like, doesn't like you because you're queer. Like, if if you're, like, any sort of, if you're, like, queer or trans or anything vaguely outside of hetero patriarchy yeah like you're a target too and, and like, like that, if you're a target it yeah. manifests also through like because this information is available and because you're a target this information will be used against you in bad ways right this uh can be stuff that's more um that's perceived as political as mm-hmm. like if you're at, if you're applying for a job and there's information about you being having certain beliefs and then right. like let's say you have a transphobic boss yes. and then the transphobic yes. boss finds yeah. your social media information right and then denies you a job right and then also like medical stuff mm-hmm. like you could have a pre-existing condition your insurance company could buy information about 
what medical conditions mm-hmm. they think you have off of like these people that are selling your information and then you can get denied right. medical care or medical insurance. Yeah. Well, and the list goes on too, like landlords or like landlords. you're trying to buy a house and like the owners happen to be fascist or like conservative and don't want like a person of color owning a house or whatever. Yeah. Then they can like use this information. Use yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's sort of like, it's not always this like, like sort of abstract thing where it's like oh if you're like doing super spicy stuff then you only need that's those are the only people that need like be aware of this like no like i think like increasingly more and more like more and more people are being targeted um and so we all sort of need to like sort of come together and take care of each other mm-hmm. um and <laughs> to end it off uh your phone is a cop that everyone can call yeah um and so yeah, so that's that. Um, we've got a bad cop and good project segment. I said Ooh. it right this time. Yeah. <laughs> so do you want to get into that? Yeah. So um, starting local, of course, the bad cop. I think we've there've been bad cops in the segment for other reasons too. But Sacramento Police Department. Yeah. Ooh. Um, so the reason why we're talking about them today is uh, there's been like there's like an Amnesty International report and also just like an accounting report of like their equipment. And it's uh, been coming out that they're like undercounting the amount of uh, like the, their guns and right. ammo they had and that they've they've also been stockpiling. And right. it's it, the stockpiling only usually leads to like it's never a good thing when no. someone just starts spock- like, okay, stock- well, who's stockpiling. The, yeah. Like, the actual cops. So, like, in this report, so, like, they're initially, like, they had to, like, go to city council because, like, city council is like, okay, we're going to approve your budget for next year. How much of what do you currently have? Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, we have this amount of stuff. And then uh, they later came out with another accounting report, and there were severe discrepancies. So there was, like, uh, so 24 different types of equipment total that had discrepancies, including, like, thousands of bullets, grenades, and chemical payloads. <laughs> and, like, one of the things that's very concerning and, like, nobody else could get away with right. is uh, they had 200 uh, AR-15s that were just not just mentioned not. in the first accounting. And it's, yeah. like, it, like imagine you're just at your house yeah. and, like, you know, the ATF comes over and it's, like, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention I have oh, 200 yeah. AR-15s. Like, yeah. Nobody else could get away with that, like yeah. that horrible of an accounting error. Well, yeah, and again, those are going; those are probably going to the hands of the cops and their friends. Yeah. So, like, the state is literally paying for like fascists to have guns. Like, yeah. <laughs> outside and, of like employment, too. Yeah, and then like another thing was like they were like, oh, you know, we don't have any of these uh, like CS gas grenades. We don't have any of these. Right. We need fifty of them. And then when the second accounting came by, apparently they already had like, 50 oh, of them. <laughs> yeah. So they it would be like a total of 100 at the end. And it's right. like, how, how do you go, we need this because we don't have it. And then mm-hmm. you turn out to have the exact amount you're asking for. Right. right? Um, yeah, but yeah, so that's about like the undercounting, um, which is really bad because, uh, but also just specifically on how they've been stockpiling. So like in their recent report, 
So they currently have, SACPD has 762,110 rounds of rifle ammunition. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and uh, for the, the, the like 24, uh, the 2024 budget, they want uh, 200,000 more rounds. That's wild. Um, That's like 30 per civilian in Sacramento. Yeah. Sacramento County is like... Four hundred thousand. <laughs> so, like, that's like, and yeah, in the in the twelve month period between twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three, they only recorded using their rifles twice. You're right. So it's not like they even like they managed use to use two hundred thousand yeah. rounds, and they're well, if they had used two hundred thousand rounds, that would be a whole other different that story. But it's not like they're like we need to replace this, or we're gonna expect it. They're just stockpiling this, and it's like yeah. It's that's just like an arms race, and it's like an arms race for who to achieve what aims. Right. Um, and then we see this with other materials. So like, uh, they had uh, two hundred. They currently have two hundred and sixty-seven uh, quote indoor grenades. So some of these are flashbangs. Some of these are uh, like tear gas. Um, they want fifty more of these. Um, and, and between the twenty-two and twenty-three, like that twelve-month period, they only used four. Right. So it's like they're not they're even not, replacing what yeah. they had. They they just want they more. Want more. Um, and when we talk about uh, the quote-unquote non-lethal munitions, right? Um, they currently have 10,162 beanbags. Oh, my God. Um, and 7,600 of those were initially unaccounted for in the first. They were like, oh, we only have like 2,500. And then right. the second audit, they are like, oh, we might have 10,000. 10, right. <laughs> oh, okay. And, of course, they want 6,000 more. Right. Um, and between the 2020, like that period of time, like last year, they only used 11 of them. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's, what, what do you need right. 16,000 beanbag rounds for Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. It's pretty, like, like if you just took a step back, if you were, like, reading a short story about, like, a gang, like a mafia in the 80s, like, that's what this sounds like. Yeah, and it's also, <laughs> like, those, they're not neutral things. Like, every bullet, unless it's, like, collected and, like, defunded, which... I don't think SAC PD plans on doing it, especially no. when they're sitting on that much ammunition, right. um, will eventually be fired at someone. And it's like, do we want to live in a world where like 700,000, soon to be 900,000 bullets can be fired by SAC PD? Right. And yeah, 16,000 not quote unquote non-lethal rounds can be fired at civilians? Like right. what, what, what world are we building? What community, right. what city is Sacramento aiming for? Yeah. When SAC PD is becoming its own military force. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's um, pretty pretty spooky. Um, as for a good project, do you want to talk about the Davis Night Market? Or yeah. So yeah. like technically two very brief, oh, okay. cool. um, good projects. Uh, so there's like the Davis Night Market and the Davis Street Market. Both really chill groups. Uh, Davis Night Market's really nice. Uh, they're 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. on weeknights. Okay. And they basically collect food from restaurants and bakeries that normally would go to food waste. And nice. they distribute them at Central Park. That's great. In Davis. That's mutual aid right there. Yeah. Yeah. And then also Davis Street Market, uh, Saturdays at 10 to, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And it's completely autonomous. Um, yeah. And, like, they don't have... 
full city permission to be there. They're just setting up local artists. Yeah, just take up using the space. Yeah, yeah. connecting, connecting in forms that aren't community, building community, yeah. cyberspace. Yeah, and using social media to promote it because it's a good tool for that sometimes. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for uh, talking about that. Um, Let's see, I've got one uh, upcoming event to sort of shout out. Um, The Sacramento Anarchist Book Fair uh, will be November 5th uh, at Cafe Colonial, which is in Sacramento, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. There will be lots of publishers, there will be zine distros, workshops, speakers, uh, and a ton more. And then it will also be followed by a Rock Against Racism, which is a benefit show supporting local anti-fascist and anti-racist organizing. Um, so yeah, that'll do it for No Police Radio. Again, this is the last um, session for the summer season, and then we'll be getting back into it in the fall. Um, we might have a different day. I think it might be a Tuesday around the same time, but not yeah. too sure. So um, but we'll keep, a, keep an eye out for us um, and an ear out, and uh, yeah, we'll be back. Thanks for listening. Thank you.